0: It's our delight to welcome uh, Jaylene Johnson back to campus. She was here a couple of years ago and did a concert, but she's back now in another role. She's been teaching in the Music and Worship Arts area in songwriting and in the music business, and students enjoyed a great time with her yesterday, and she's on tap for another couple of sessions uh, today. And so we invited her to come and share her story and the way that God has been working in her life. So before she speaks, let's pray for her. Father, we do thank you that as long as life endures, you have promised never to leave us or forsake us, that your hand is never too short to reach us, never too weak to achieve what needs to be done in our lives. And so we thank you for that. We do pray for Jalene, and thank you that you have brought her here, and we ask that you would speak through her, guide her words, we pray in Christ's name. Amen. Well, good morning, faculty, students, and staff of Prairie College. Good morning. So it's been a couple of years since I've been here. It's wonderful to be back. I did my, very, uh, my second album in Three Hills. I recorded it with Stephen Rendell and Eldon Winter. And uh, so I've been to Three Hills many times. I enjoy being here, and it's great to be at Prairie College. I'm really grateful for the chance to share with you today. I admit that I've been struggling with what to share. Uh, You have very fine professors here who are ready to go theologically deep with you, do biblical exegesis. So my decision was to share uh, parts of my story in the hopes that um, it will be an encouragement to you and more than anything that God would be glorified uh, through the story that I have to share with you. I don't speak from a strong place today. At least when it comes to my own strength. If you perceive any strength in me, it is the strength of God uh, upholding me. And you can likely hear this in my voice. Life in general has been overwhelming, physically and mentally. It is as though I'm in a spiritual winter, living under heavy, heavy snow. There are lessons here, I'm sure. I've been through winters before and I know they do end. It's taking tremendous energy, but I am determined to maintain hope. I had been planning to write a psalm of remembrance, remembering what God has already done in my life. This opportunity to speak to you has begun the journey. It seems to me that when we doubt that we will ever find relief for our pain, receive answers to our prayers, feel inspired again, be healed. It's important to recall how God has already shown up. Remembering the past impacts our present and gives us hope for the future. Hope that God is still and will remain in our corner. God loves to act on his word. And I don't see any biblical evidence of a miracle quota, God never said, sorry, Moses, I already parted the Red Sea and led you out of Egypt. No manna from heaven for you. There's no automated message on heaven's voicemail service that will ever say, we're sorry, this mailbox is full. And no angelic uh, customer service representative picks up our call saying, I can see here that you saw God's hand move in January 1998, spring of 2007, and again last June. I'm afraid there are no more miracles available for you. We can say, God, you have done this and this before. God, you are amazing. God, I trust that you have not forgotten me. God, you are good. You have proven your love by all of these things you've done in my past. Thank you that you are still and still will be working in my life, even when my emotions do not align with this truth. Even when anxiety threatens to cripple me, when depression pushes against me, when my body betrays me, when my hope is fleeting, I will trust in you. Even as I weep, as I grieve, as I question, where else could I put my trust? Nothing else would make sense. You have been faithful to me. I will trust in you, God. Your resume stands for itself through your word and through the testimony of my life. Thank you, Lord. God's power is infinite, limitless. He promises to answer our prayers through the winters of our lives. We can remember his word as well. Luke 11.13, God loves to give us the Holy Spirit when we ask. And let's not skip over this. Romans 8.11 says, this is the spirit of God who raised Jesus from the dead for us, in us. Romans 8 offers even more encouragement that God is for us, not against us. And nothing can separate us from the love of God in Christ Jesus. We remember your word, Lord. Thank you for your promises. I was born to very young parents. They grew up in a Christian denomination that was very strict. Women were forbidden to wear makeup or pants. My grandmother had terrible trouble with her legs from scrubbing frozen floors in the rickety farmhouse where my dad and his family first lived. She wore pantyhose and a skirt, even to clean. Dad's family went to a church where you got saved at every Sunday night revival meeting. And again, of course, at Bible camp. One day when he was three years old, his sister chastised him for not going to the front for prayer at the end of the church service. And his little voice replied, Oh, Della. I've been saved dozens of times. What blesses me to no end is that whatever the characteristics of the church they were a part of, my grandmother and grandfather, my dad, all of his siblings, later all of their children, and then their children came to know Jesus. Rules softened and evolved through the years. Grandma got some colorful polyester slacks and started painting her fingernails. It was, at times, a messy, bumpy faith journey for everyone. But it was a real relationship with Jesus that saw them through. And this is what I observed as a child. I remember this. My mother, too, is a Christian. And I'm told that when I was just a toddler, I could be found sitting on the balcony of my parents' little apartment, face pressed between the bars, singing songs to Jesus. Thank you, Lord, that I came to a personal relationship with you through my family. And thanks to Bible camp, I too have been saved dozens of times. (laughs) But winter hit hard when I was 12 years old. My parents decided to permanently end their marriage. And this was utterly devastating. It would be years before I would begin to process this appropriately. And I'm not sure I fully have. While there is to be no excuse for my own choices, this early trauma impacted my ability to have and maintain healthy relationships. To my shame, I have failed at marriage, not once but twice. I am no example to follow. I was desperately trying to make right something that could never be made right, to mend the area of broken family in my life. In marrying, I chose people with whom there was tremendous conflict and pain, even through courtship. I can see now that even choices in my career and in other relationships were impacted by this brokenness. But God is merciful. In 2010, he put in my path a man who would become my husband, Scott. Another try, God? I don't deserve that. And yet, here we are now almost eight years married. God has been healing me, mending my heart. I remember, Lord, your unmerited favor. God is good. (laughs) Winter also hit hard in late 2004. That year, I toured coast to coast with my album, Finding Beautiful, the one I had recorded here. I was mostly by myself. My Honda Element was packed to the roof with instruments, sound equipment, furniture, personal items, merchandise. I finished my last gig in Thunder Bay, Ontario on December 11th. And the very next morning, eager to get home, I started the seven hour journey on the Trans Canada Highway toward Winnipeg. The road was still open despite a blizzard the night before. About an hour and a half outside of Thunder Bay, I had a head on collision with a transport truck. I don't remember impact, but I do remember coming to silence trying to drive my car while calling out to Jesus, sobbing, tasting blood, and then hearing voices. A man named Willie leaned in through my smashed window. He helped me find my glasses and covered me with his coat. I told him I just wanted to go home, and he told me I'd be going home soon. His grip on my hand was so strong, and he held on tight, reassuring me. When first responders came with jaws of life to get me out, He covered me with his body to protect me from glass as they shattered another window. I've often wondered if he was an angel. Thank you, Lord, for angels. The paramedic in the back of the ambulance with me, Kyle, said, I know you. We play your songs at the radio station where I volunteer. It turns out he had done a last-minute trade in shifts. Here God placed a fellow believer with me who knew my music, and with whom I could feel at ease. We even talked about the music I'd been listening to when the accident happened. Jars of Clay, Who We Are Instead, great record. (laughs) It turned out that Kyle was getting married one hour from Winnipeg, just one week later. On his break, okay, now I have to tell you, my husband is a paramedic, so I have a very soft spot for paramedics, and uh, obviously a very soft spot for Kyle. This is what he did on his break. He drove back to the crash site and gathered as many of my things as he could. There are scavengers that will come along the highway after accidents and they'll look for valuables. And he went back on his break and collected as much as he could. He brought some of it to where I was staying so that it could be shipped, my guitars, my keyboard. And he delivered another load of my valuables via his groomsmen when they drove out uh, to Manitoba for the wedding. I know that God put Kyle in my life to minister to me. Thank you, Lord, for the people that you put in our lives. I know you've got people too, don't you? We all have people. There are other beautiful people and other miracles around this event. I walked out of the hospital four hours after being admitted. I flew home the next day and already had scheduled appointments with my doctor and the dentist, both of whom are very tough to get appointments with and both of whom I needed to see for insurance purposes. But my back gave out. And the miracles, they didn't matter. I entered such a season of suffering that I wished God had taken me in the accident. Why had he left me here? To endure so much pain. I couldn't sleep more than a few hours, and would scream in agony every time I set my foot on the floor. My body in spasms, sometimes for an hour and a half at a time. During months of physical agony, my prayers were laments and complaints. Why, God? Why? One day I cried out, what do you want me to do now? Teach! (laughs) I have an education degree and mad respect for teachers, but my heart was in music, you know. Here's what I remember. God spoke to me. He said, write and sing who said you could stop just because it's harder. But you, my dear Jaylene, must stop worrying about results because these are not in your control. Think of a bird. It's just a bird. doesn't worry about the fact that it's not a cat. It just does its thing being a bird, you know? (laughs) Well, a few days later, a home care worker came to take care of me. She stepped into my door, through my door, and said, before we get started, can I just ask you, are you the Jaylene Johnson? <laughs> and I said, well, that's my name, but I'm not famous. But did you, she asked, write the song Butterfly Girl. I told her I had, and she lost it in my kitchen. It was an Oprah Winfrey moment, you know. She told me that several months earlier she was going to kill herself. And she turned on the radio, and she heard my song Butterfly Girl. She shared that God had ministered to her through the lyrics and that with all of the money she'd had left, she'd bought a CD player and my CD. now all, all she ever listened to was Jalene Johnson. <laughs> it's humbling. She'd prayed for the chance to meet me one day. And that morning, she had a call from a home care agency she'd not worked for in months. Could she take care of Jaylene Johnson? And she'd said to her daughter, wouldn't that be something if it was the Jaylene Johnson? Isn't that wonderful? How God answered her prayer and with perfect timing she was called to help me. And how God used my song to minister to her. That's not me, that's God. Here was a result over which I had no control. I just released a song and the Holy Spirit worked through it. It's also confirmation of God's words, words to me a few days earlier. I'm very grateful that God confirms his word. Also in perfect timing, An administrative error from the year before meant that I received a very healthy royalty check. It was enough that I could travel to a music conference and it was there I met a publisher with whom I would work for a couple of years, developing skills as a songwriter. For me, these events are quite spectacular. A display of God's grace and goodness in remarkable ways. One would think that I should be set faith-wise. How could I ever doubt God again? Fast forward a few years, my publishing deal had ended, and songwriting opportunities weren't happening for me as I hoped. I felt I'd lost my artistic voice, and then a routine day surgery damaged my physical voice too. Doctors couldn't figure it out. I couldn't sing, I couldn't work. In addition, Scott, my husband, and I had failed efforts to have a family, miscarriages, infertility. We saw various doctors, and we're told our chances were far less than 1%. I grew very depressed, very familiar with my couch, my TV, and potato chips. Truth. Even though I had experienced the miraculous and in very personal ways, I came to wonder if God still saw me, specifically. And with all of the awful things going on in the world, what right did I have to petition God for these things? Sure. I didn't have a voice, but I also didn't have cancer. I couldn't get pregnant, but another mother's children were starving across the world. Women were routinely going missing in my city, etc. How dare I bother God with my lesser concerns? It was a desolate time. I felt distance with God. But if this telling of my testimony is a psalm of remembrance, I will tell you that throughout that winter period, God was present again through people in my life. One was Steve Bell. You know Steve? Yeah. A catalyst conversation with him confirmed an inner nudging to dedicate some time to writing songs on my own again, a practice I had long let slip. Spring and then summer came suddenly. I finally saw a specialist in Toronto who found a hairline scar on my left vocal cord that had occurred when I'd been intubated for the day surgery. She operated. My voice recovered. Steve Bell offered me a studio if I wanted to make another album. I made the decision to rent a cabin in the middle of nowhere to write songs, and it was as if a plug had been pulled. Songs poured out of me. I went on to record and tour Juno and Covenant Award-nominated album, Potter and Clay, fully funded by crowdfunding and grant money. It was an incredible and very joyful time. The best part... Was that despite the impossible odds we conceived? Macy was born in 2016 and Maren in 2017. God, you are faithful. Thank you, Lord, for fulfilling very specific desires of our hearts, our lesser concerns, you know? (laughs) When I was younger, I think I thought that I would arrive at some point in my life where it would be perpetual summer. That's not what happens. Here I am in the middle of a new winter. A year and a half ago, I went into the studio, excited to sing background vocals for Brian Dirksen's new album, Grateful. I couldn't do it. Every note took tremendous effort. I had been losing pitch control, where I would sing, sustain a note, and all of a sudden my pitch would drop. But by that point, June of 2017, my voice was, singing voice was done. A doctor in Winnipeg looked at my vocal cords, told me they were healthy. Vocal training and therapy would help. I tried that, no improvement. Finally, last spring I saw a specialist in the US who diagnosed me with a rare form of a rare form of a rare neurological disorder. Task specific, only for my singing, incurable and totally unrelated to my prior vocal issues. As a shot in the dark attempt at treating my symptoms I've had Botox injected into my laryngeal muscles. Thankfully, the effects will wear off in a few months, as this has rendered me nearly incapable of being heard when I speak, <laughs> and has not thus far brought my singing back. So I mean, I don't know if it will kick in at some point and I'll see improvement. I'm, I'm just really not sure. I don't know how to not be a singer. My dreams of sharing my story through singing my songs are done for now, maybe until heaven. I don't know what the future holds, and if I think about it for too long, all I can do is weep at the loss of this gift, this joy, this sense of purpose and calling that I've had my whole life. It's confusing and very difficult at times for me. I can't even sing simple lullabies to my kids. I've been thinking about the story of the disciples in the boat, terrified of the storm while Jesus slept. It's interesting how in the Bible, it doesn't just say he slept, he was sleeping on a cushion in the stern. <laughs> they woke him up saying, don't you care that we're about to die? Is basically what they said. We're dying here. Don't you care? Water was swamping the boat. Jesus calmed the storm and turned to them and said, why are you afraid? Do you still have no confidence in me? Or where is your faith? Do you still have no confidence in me? They had been with Jesus witnessing countless miracles, amazing miracles, and they still doubted. I've experienced miracles, and still I doubt. I wonder if maybe it isn't miracles in and of themselves that build our faith in the end. We forget, it's very human. We get caught up in present circumstances, in present pain. But I am determined this time to remember that God, who is good, has a good end in mind for all of us. How can I have shared all of these miracles in my life? At concert after concert, encouraging people to hold on, keep faith, trust in the Lord, only to forget myself and lose heart now. I am not strong, but he is strong. My faith is weak, but he is faithful. I have asked God to not forget me, and so I should not forget him. Right? I say, God, have you forgotten me? Well, have I remembered God? I will remember his works. Perhaps some of you are also experiencing a winter season in your personal or spiritual lives. If you wrote a psalm of remembrance for your own life today, what would it say? If we traded places, what stories would you tell? Call them to mind. Hold them close. I've shared stories that are big, sensational. But sometimes we miss the small, everyday miracles. There are many of those, too, if we keep our eyes open. Let's ask God for eyes that see him and for help remembering And let's hold fast to our relationships with Jesus. You know, it might seem strange to say that to a a community at a Bible school. But it is easy sometimes to get caught up in other things, even in our own churches and denominations, which bless them, are good things. It's good to gather as communities and worship God. But it is our relationships with Jesus, that's what sees us through as we walk with him. Well, I thought that I'd go over time, and I'm under time. So I'm going to give you another couple of verses. And I, I just have to say thanks for letting me share my story. I hope it hasn't been too much of a downer. So I'm going to share a couple of verses with you. And then if you'll let me, I'd like to pray for you too. Okay, so this verse I just found, and um, it's a, ch- well, I mean, I've read it before. But you know how sometimes verses jump out at you in different circumstances. Now, I've lost it, so I'm going to just use my data here and find it again. My middle-aged mind has a hard time memorizing. Okay, there we go. Okay. So, here's a couple verses from James chapter 1. They're difficult verses, I find, but encouraging all the same. Consider it wholly joyful, my brethren. Whenever you are enveloped in or encounter trials of any sort or fall into various temptations, be assured and understand that the trial and proving of your faith bring out endurance and steadfastness and patience. But let endurance and steadfastness and patience have full play and do a thorough work so that you may be people perfectly and fully developed, with no defects, lacking in nothing. Please reach out to me via social uh, media or via email. i love to hear your stories as well, and I'd love to hear from you. And may the God of hope, this is the other verse, may the God of hope fill you with all peace as you trust in him, so that you may overflow with hope by the power of the Holy Spirit. going to pray. God, thank you for your precious presence. Thank you for this community gathered here. Thank you for all of the intentions to learn your word, to draw close to you, to become equipped in whatever fields we go into, whatever Dreams are represented here, Lord. There is an intention and a desire to serve and to follow you. You are so good. So good. Thank you for all of the stories represented here, Lord. Stories of your faithfulness, stories of your power, stories of your strength. Not just in the big ways, Lord, but in the ways that seem maybe even undetectable to those that don't know you. Thank you for your faithfulness in practical ways. And God, I ask that you would pour your spirit out over all of us today. You said that when we ask, you are so happy to give us your Holy Spirit. Empower us, God. Open our eyes to see, strengthen us, help us to endure, to be steadfast, to have patience, that your perfect work will be complete in all of us. We praise your holy name. Amen.